everyone. Just a quick reminder. This is not financial advice. You're just listening to three friends trying to make it just like you are. Hope you enjoy the episode. Let's do it. Do you guys have drinks, by the way? I no, I don't have one. Nothing to that. And I got drinks. I never got. I never got those beers you said you're sending over. Uh, you know what's funny is I tried ordering them though. I found a shop close to you, I think, because I know where you live. So, so I'm just gonna send you fucking money so you can go pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to uh, episode three, Not Gonna Make It Without Friends, the podcast here with NFT Scouts, do less.eth and CryptoZo. Back again for episode three. And after we talk to some people that listened to the first two, in hindsight, this maybe should have been our first episode, but uh, we're gonna do a little bit of an NFT 101, talking about some of the basics around what an NFT is, how you buy an NFT, what minting is, what buying off secondary is, and some of the NFT lingo that we were talking about and that came up in the first two episodes that uh, we uh, probably should have talked about this in episode one, but we also thought this would be this uh, is, interesting. Uh, what too. are you talking about, uh, Scouts? This is episode zero. <laughs> of, uh, not going to make it without friends. I'll just uh, I'll just move it around the uh, I'll just move it around the Spotify or, or, or playlist so it looks like episode one. So for starting out, we get that question a lot, like what is an nft how would you just describe it like as simply as possible to someone that- it's a photo it's a photo that you trade to make money we should hit we should hit them up with the, the actual definition of what it is or like the what it stands for nft no, no, that's non-fungible true. token a non-fungible token the way i've always started describing it to people is it's essentially like a digital trading card that's the i know there's like a lot more to it but that's how i was kind of thinking about it like a digital collectible like a digital trading card so how do you describe it to people essentially what you said like it's a digital collectible and it and it's a it shows you ownership talk about the ownership piece a little bit because i think that's the next level that's interesting if i needed to look up the history of, of a token that i have i can see the entire history and I can see when it was trans- when it was minted. I can see who it was minted to. I can then see who it was transferred to. I can then see that I own it. And then so I think that's kind of cool that you can see the entire history of whatever you own. That's kind of like what it is at its basic level. And the next step is what you, you know, if you want to buy an NFT, how does that work? So to buy an NFT, you need crypto. To buy crypto, you need to get that off the exchange. So Doles, talk about those exchanges and and the best way you know to you think to obtain crypto yeah i mean it, it really depends on on where you live and, and what exchanges are available yeah you know, some of the top ones coinbase gemini binance i would say for most of these exchanges maybe not binance but for most of the american exchanges there are you know different versions coinbase versus coinbase pro there's no cost for Coinbase Pro. You just have less fees. I think that's important to highlight too. I know, Zod, you normally, I'm not sure how often you're actually buying crypto these days because you're in it so early. Did you buy off Coinbase or Coinbase Pro? What were you using? Yeah, when I first entered the NFT like space, NFT game, however you want to phrase it, it was through Coinbase. I got some Ethereum off Coinbase and that transferred that to my MetaMask wallet. So Coinbase is one of the most mainstream exchanges. Then there's also Coinbase Pro, which I think Doles, you were telling me that was before, that was like the predecessor to what is now the main Coinbase and they made it. No, no, no. So Coinbase Pro was, shoot, I forget the name of it. Um, But basically Coinbase Pro was another company, another exchange, more geared toward trading. And so Coinbase, Coinbase, again, if you want to go, if you want to walk or crawl before you run, just go to Coinbase, right? It has less coins. It's the UI is probably a little bit nicer much, for you. It's much, it's much yeah, yeah, easier. Yeah. It's the much easier. It's much easier. So if you're new to the space, just use Coinbase. If you want to save 1.5% on whatever buy. So if you're making, if you're making like a hundred dollar buy, 
probably not going to matter, right? To prove the point, let's just do this live right now. Yeah. So if, if I go, on, I'm gonna go on Coinbase. Let's do a thousand dollar ETH buy right now. So if you do a thousand dollar baller, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> so if you do a thousand dollar, you won't actually hit buy. No. So if you do a thousand, no, I'm transferring the money right now. What are you talking about? So if I do, if I'm trying to buy right now, trade Ethereum, I'm on normal Coinbase, buy Ethereum with cash. That's one of the other differences between Pro, pro and oh, normal shit. Coinbase. With Pro, I have to actually deposit USD before I can All see right. my, my Yeah, money. that's what I was going to say. With Don't Pro, worry, you have to deposit money. So if I do on Coinbase regular right now, $1,000 ETH buy, which gets me 0.4 ETH, I have a Coinbase fee of $14.68. Coinbase Pro. I do a market of a thousand. Point, I got a five, point, it's, a five, it's a five dollar fee on Coinbase okay. Pro. The fee for a thousand dollar ETH buy is five dollars. On Coinbase Regular, it's fourteen dollars and sixty eight cents. It saves you about nine dollars or something. Yeah. So right. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's minimal, right? Unless you're buying. But no, but I, I, it adds up though. I think it's a little harder to use Pro, but over time, I think that adds up. If you're like right now, I'm trying to you know doing my best to try and follow the crypto market, which I fail at miserably and always buy when it's high. But I think as you're trying to do that i'm buying multiple times i think it adds up you don't want to be just wasting money if you don't have to so, so there's and there's other exchanges too like gemini has access to certain coins that maybe coinbase or coinbase pro doesn't yeah but you know you know from a from a beginner's perspective yeah uh, you know the from, main coin that you need for nfts is, is going to be ethereum um there are other nft markets on solana on bitcoin you know 90 something percent of the action that you should enter as a new person in the space is on Ethereum. So yeah, so step one, right? We t- so you're on exchange, you're probably using Coinbase because the UI is so easy, you're buying Ethereum. So step two is you need to then put that Ethereum in a digital wallet. So Zoe, you were talking about that you have MetaMask, you just have MetaMask, right? Yeah, the only wallet, the wallet I have is MetaMask. How did you get your digital MetaMask wallet? That's a good question. I think I just Googled MetaMask and then then downloaded it. I think you just go on, your, it's, so I, it's kind of funny. Everything I've ever done, in nfts and crypto has all been mobile i have mobile apps for coinbase mobile app for pro and mobile apps for my wallets but that's not the norm i think you just download a chrome extension or internet browser extension right i was doing it yeah just the chrome extension and it was i just remember it's really simple but I, yeah. after all the reading and stuff i was a little worried but it, i downloaded it then it gives you i believe your your seed phrase yeah, you have to sign up for, I think you sign up and open a new wallet. And when you open a new wallet, you're going to get a seed phrase, which is a list of 12 different words in a certain order, which is essentially your password and that you have to keep safe somewhere and not show it to anyone else. And allows you to load your wallet onto your phone or onto another device. You can enter your seed phrase. I don't know if I'd even call it a password because you only ent- only really enter your seed phrase when you're initializing your wallet. After That's that, right. you're entering your password. That's right. People have to understand, I think people need to really know that if they, they lose their seed phrase, there's no customer That's service to contact. You're, you're just SOL. All those stories you hear about someone buying Bitcoin 10 years ago for like point for like 50 cents a coin and it's all on some random wallet somewhere and they lose their seed phrase like that's why they can't get back in because they can't have the seed phrase and there's no workaround Doles, you have i think you have coinbase and metamask right so i use metamask and the reason why i like metamask is that most if you're trying to mint nfts and we'll get into that later it's like a, a concept but if you're trying to mint nfts most sites support metamask more sites are supporting coinbase wallet um, however, you you could still come into issues with that some I, site I think or, or some interaction I, doesn't. I think that's right. I think MetaMask is a little more friendly with respect to like the NFT space. I think Coinbase. And, I feel and like if like- you think about it, it makes sense, right? The the crypto space in general is all about decentralization. 
you know, yeah. MetaMask is is a con- like most of these things are not truly decentralized because there are people like developers behind them building it. Yeah. But MetaMask is not a publicly traded company. It's it's literally some dudes yeah. that that created this app, open open source style, right? That um, yeah, I think that eventually Coinbase will become more mainstream just because Coinbase is more people will enter through Coinbase to buy crypto. I, and I don't know. I would I would I would I would argue that. Yes and no. I think when you look at the hardcore crypto people, they actually fade Coinbase sometimes because it's a publicly traded company, right? It's yeah. it's less decentralized where I think there'll be some other I think there'll be more wallets past MetaMask as well. I think that's right. I think that I think those people enter though. I think people are going to likely enter through Well, and don't forget there's going to be Coinbase NFT soon. So now you have a digital wallet, you have crypto, uh, you have Ethereum. And then you would have to send your Ethereum from the exchange to digital wallet, which is actually not that complicated and maybe you know scarier than it sounds, but each wallet has its address. Once you're in the exchange, you put your address in and then you'll select a certain amount of Ethereum and you'll send it via the exchange to your wallet, which will have a small transaction fee associated with it. And then it will show up in your wallet. And so once you have the Ethereum in your wallet, there's two ways you buy an NFT. So one is minting it and the other one is buying off secondary. So I don't know if you want to talk about maybe your experience with minting NFTs or just background on on, on how that works? Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of minting. I try to do 99% of my NFT buys just through mint. If I was trying to describe it, I think when I was talking to my wife about it, I just said is that you pay the price for a randomization of a bunch of different traits or whatever you're buying. So if I'm getting like for the pudgy penguins, I minted three of them and there's numbers like say their numbers 22 to Legend. And all three of them will have different traits and the traits are, or whoever the artist is made these traits and there's like five different characteristics. And then there can be a handful of traits for all of them and then they're randomized. And then the rarity of however many traits exist makes the item more scarce and more rare. Minting comes from, right? So one distinction between minting and buy-off secondary is that minting will come from the project's website. Or as you get more experience, you can mint directly off the project's contract, which we'll talk about in another episode, but can be especially important for a really hype drop. And like a little bit more technical, um, you know, again, we can always cut this if it gets too technical, but the idea behind minting is that the actual NFT lives on the blockchain you know, on Ethereum, on the network, you know, so when you think about like how to get it on the network, uh, Ethereum has gas fees. And so many projects, if, if I were to like create a hundred NFTs and put them on Ethereum, it would probably cost me a thousand, two thousand $2,000 in gas just to, to create it on the network. So what many right. projects yeah, do is- gas And a gas fee, a gas fee, which we're going to probably do another episode about too, but a gas fee is essentially the cost of doing a transaction. So yeah, every time so you do a transaction, you have to pay a bit of ETH every time you do a transaction. Yeah, it's basically you, you're paying the- the the miners, which again, that's like probably a whole other episode of how crypto works, right? But you're paying to get that transaction approved on the blockchain. What a lot of projects do now is they actually create a website and then they write the contract so that the end user or the buyer would pay that gas fee to mint anywhere from one, you know, to 30 to a hundred at a time of these NFTs. And so like Zoe mentioned, he minted three and so it was actually Zoe's interaction with that contract was what brought Pudgy Penguins to life 
on the blockchain. Those three, three specific those, those ones, three that, specific he ones yeah. that he minted. Yes. And so, and so the distinction too, I wanted to make is like, for instance, that would have been from pudgypenguins.com or pudgypenguins.io, like whatever pudgy penguins website is, you'd be likely minting from that project specific website, or like we said earlier, directly off the project's contract. And as Zoe was saying, you mint and there's, you know, there'll be normally a collection of NFTs is 10,000. Each one of those will have some sort of randomness of traits. Uh, Zoe, I don't know. What was your favorite penguin? What's the one you still have? Like, what is its two main traits? The one I still have is the one that's the highest ranked, but it wasn't my favorite. But the main trait that it has is a, a multicolored lay, like that yeah. thing that red they have. In, yeah. And then it has, then it's red red skin color, which is a little bit, not the most rare, but a little bit more rare. rare. Than, and then it has, um, I think it's called a monocle. The thing yeah, over here. Eye, the eye. eyeglass, the eyeglass, right? Yeah. My favorite one, I think, has like a jersey on or something just look cool but like this i kept this one because it's the most and rare. so and like zoe was saying they're different rarities right and the rarities are more expensive because there's less of them so i know uh doles has a sappy seal which has uh, vr goggles on it which there's only so many that have vr goggles so that's one of the more rare ones and you can purchase uh we'll, we'll, we'll go for more so when you're minting you get a randomization of traits on your nft and you don't know what you're going to get which is kind of the fun in minting and why you know you never know you might get something really rare I minted a Bitcoin billionaire, ended up being a one of one, which is a bit of a different topic, but there's literally just one of those. So it's super rare. I have sappy seals. You know, they it means have, he's a billionaire. I wish this, I wish that's what it meant. Uh, I have some seals. You know, a good example too is I have two sappy seals. You know, they both have bucket hats, but they have different color sweatshirts on. You know, so it's it can be... It can be anything. So when you mint, you get a, a random NFT. You don't know what it's going to be. It's going to be that project. But you don't know what time. Doles, as you love it so much, the second way to get an NFT is buying off secondary, which is via OpenSea. How does that process work, Doles? If- OpenSea is the, the main marketplace for NFTs today. What you do, literally OpenSea.io um, is the website you go to. Once you're on the website, again, this is where MetaMask does have an advantage if you're on desktop. Because I think the the extension from MetaMask is much uh, nicer than the Coinbase wallet one. Yeah, it's smoother, um, I think, right? If you're on your phone, most of these like MetaMask and Coinbase wallet have browsers built into the app. So you can go into the app, you can go into the browser, and then you can just type in OpenSea.io. Explain that one more time about how that works. Like, yeah, so like- if, you're, if you have an app, let's say we're using Coinbase wallet on my phone. I can go in the Coinbase wallet and then there's like this little like weird. There's a browser page. The browser page. It's like the bottom uh, of the app that allows you to visit sites on the internet through the app. What it does though with Coinbase wallet, which is nice, is it it either automatically connects or you have to sign one one message. MetaMask is the same too, right? MetaMask has a browser as well and you can put in. In the browser, you put in OpenSea.io, and then once you get to the web page, you have to connect your Correct. wallet to OpenSea. And after you connect Correct. to OpenSea, that allows the crypto, the ETH that you sent to your digital wallet, is now registers in OpenSea, and it will show you that you have that much available to purchase. But on OpenSea, that's where all these secondary markets are for these different projects. So let's talk about Pudgy Penguins. Uh, CryptoZo had three Pudgy Penguins and he sold two of them. Zo, you sold those via OpenSea, right? Yes. And on OpenSea, there's a Pudgy Penguins page and you can list it on OpenSea. So Zo, right, you listed both of yours for uh, two different times, right? Yep. So you list those on OpenSea. So you set your price and then that allows anyone else who has a connected their wallet to OpenSea 
would be able to purchase that. So me or Doles could go on there, find the listing on OpenSea, and then we would be able to purchase the Pudgy Penguin. So Doles, how do you normally purchase something on OpenSea? There's there's two, I think there's two functions, buy now and option. Yeah, so for anyone new to the space, I definitely recommend using the buy now function, mainly because you're paying in Ethereum. If you bid on an auction, you have to bid in what's called wrapped Ethereum or uh, WETH. And that involves taking your Ethereum and then transferring it to wrapped Ethereum. And that's just like very complex process for someone who's new to space. Auctions are weird too. There's like reserve prices and all kinds of things. And then last thing I want to talk about buying off secondary, which is actually helpful because I just got an email with an offer. So I just got an email with a 1.3 ETH offer on my Boss Beauty. So that means that exactly. I don't have, I don't, have, <laughs> hell no, I don't have my, I don't have my Boss Beauty listed. It's not listed, but on OpenSea you can see every NFT in a collection. So people can go on there and offer you whatever they think it's worth, which may be below or above the cheapest one that's currently available for listing, which people call the floor. But you can go and offer as well, which is something as you get more familiar with it. I'm actually, you know, I don't really do much of that. Doles, I know you do offers every now and then. Yeah, what's ironic is... I like literally my only offer buy was on a boss beauty and, and I offered 0.25 and I got accepted. And you were pumped about that. And, uh, and then you sold it. Rip sold uh, 0.14. Uh, Zoe or Doles, let me know if you have anything else, but I think that's sort of a good summary of how you would get ETH, what an NFT is, and how you go about buying it. Now, quickly, we just wanted to talk about some NFT lingo that you might hear. So I'm just going to read some out and then I guess Zoe or Doles jump in and you guys can, I'll do the first one. First one is NG. NGMI, the abbreviation NGMI, which is not going to make it, which a lot of people, Doles, that's one of Doles' go-to because he really was not going to make it for a long time, especially without me and me and Zoe. But now he's now he's doing a bit better there, but not going to make it is MGMI. Next one is GMI. Going to make it. W-A-G-M-I. We all going to make it. We all going to make it. PFP. Profile picture. Doles, which which that mean. which that doesn't even really make sense if you think about it. But <laughs> yeah, I actually didn't know what PFP was. I didn't know what PFP was. I had to look it up too. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's profile picture, but like the F doesn't really. Make yeah, it doesn't right. really make sense. <laughs> First episode, I thought Zoe was going to be the next whale, but I think Doles is going to be the next whale. A whale, a whale is basically just like a big player who has a lot of crypto to throw around can really dictate the price of a collection nearly based on if they buy or sell. There's some people that have a lot the other day, I was on a Twitter Spaces and someone said they have like over multiple people had so they had over a hundred cool cats and I was like, wow, those those kind of people can really That's a chill thousand fifteen hundred oh ETH right there. Oh my god, yeah, they can really move the they can move the scales. So what's alpha? Used to describe like solid intel before like the public knows. Where do you get your alpha? I get it from a couple different places now, but MVHQ used to be my main alpha hub source. Yeah, or Telegram bot. I haven't I haven't expanded to that yet, but I do like DYORs. Do your own research. You know, you got to look into projects yourself. You'll see that a lot. NFA, not financial advice. Rugging is when someone has an FT project, but pretty soon after you mint, person will just leave with all the money, left with something worthless, which is one of the biggest risks in NFTs. What's a DAO? Decentralized Autonomous Organization. How about you explain what that is? <laughs> yeah, so what the I don't, I don't that? know if anyone even knows how to properly like explain it or, or at least run it at the moment because everything almost everything the uh, it seems like a lot of things have DAO attached to the everything seems like a DAO. I mean, what it's supposed but, to be from my understanding is that the community makes the decisions so if there's an nft that 
that considers itself a DAO and we have 10,000 tokens and 4,000 holders and then the amount of tokens you hold are supposed to to give you weight in like a vote and a decision. So like the community is deciding if they, if they want to release a new project and they're, they're deciding on ETH price and they give three options, then I if I have 5,000 tokens, I hold 50% of the voting power. That's how I understand it. But that's how I, thought, are, I think essentially that's kind of what it is. This world that someone creates where everyone who owns a token in it has a say in the structure or the decision of the DAO. Like yes, yesterday, small small brains held an on-chain vote and I had 0.2 power because I have two small brains. Yeah, killing it. Diamond Hands is someone that holds projects, you know, through the through the DAO market. Uh, Doles has Paper Hands. You've heard us talk about that. Someone that sells pretty quickly. I think we could maybe quickly touch on that. It seems like there's a stigma for pe- on people that sell and flip. That's true. That's I true. I think everyone should do what they feel is best for them. Bruh, like, it's really eat, annoying to read in Discord bruh, when people eat. are just like, crapping on people for selling stuff because you don't know you don't know people's situation like they they might need to flip it for 0.2 because that might be a lot of money for them or something that they need to use it for like in real life you don't want you don't want to like talk down on someone who's selling you you don't know what their their situation is but also what i would say to that is never use your rent money for nfts for crypto like it's such an unpredictable market. You should anticipate that everything that you buy with NFTs go, goes to zero. If everything that you put in, it all goes to zero tomorrow. And if you'd be okay, that's how you should invest. That's how I look at it. That's why you only buy shit you like to put on your wall. Last thing we just wanted to quickly do, our, our one segment we still have going here. Oh, we have another segment, a quick one after that. But we've got the eyes backward with Doles. You got a quick one for us today, Doles? Yes, yes, yes. I always have one. Although, like I mentioned um, you know, before we started recording today, I am running out of eyes backwards. And so for anyone who's new, I don't believe back- that for a second. Eyes backwards is when um, I talk about, you know, my name is do less.eth, but I do too much. And so a lot of times um, in past episodes, we talked about my boss beauty's fumble. Uh, we talked about my hearts project fumble where I sell a project too early and it's not because I need to pay rent. It's because I see something else in the market and I just can't wait to buy. And so I, like, I sell stuff for, for underfloor, undervalue. I don't wait. Like Scouts is the most diamond-handed person around here, and I'm the most paper-handed person around here. But so <laughs> for today, gosh, I'm like looking, and it's all W's. To be honest, it's just like stop packing yourself on the bat. I know you put got money in, take money out. You know, I have I, no I know you've got hundred. So okay, <laughs> I got a good one for us today. Story is um, Sappy Seals. Uh, Scouts led me on Sappy Seals. I became a Sappy Seal uh, maxi. I got five right now. Um, You stake the seals to get Pixel. And with Pixel, you can buy fun digital um, things. Like I have a a Pixel party slice. I also minted what's called a Founders Pass. And there's only a thousand. So there's 10,000 Sappy Seals. There's only a thousand Founders Passes. Founder Pass is basically from you know, uh, Wab.eth, who's the founder of Savvy Seals, said that everything in Pixelverse is going to revolve around giving the Founders Pass holders value for that pass because they supported us from the beginning. I minted one, Scouts minted one. I minted another one. I bought Pixel from Uniswap, which is a whole nother story. And I basically minted a second Founders Pass. And because I, I, wanted like, hey. to, I, wanted to, I wanted to buy a second one, but I was yeah. uh, I fell asleep. Small investment, $200 for whatever reason. No uh, reason. There was no, no reason. No reason. Besides that, I was high on this uh, Owls VC, you know, trying to trying to you know learn how to flip and, and, and I needed to be liquid, right? That's that's the mindset. You got to be liquid. You got to get in, get out, get in and get out. I'm like, this Pixel Founders Pass is 
is doing nothing for me. So I list it for floor, which at the time was 0.52 ETH. Still um, good. Still very good. 5X return. Good. You know, I made about $1,000 from that sale. Let's fast forward three days ago. Uh, these things were selling for 1.8 ETH, 8.5 ETH. Crazy. Uh, crazy. Still selling again. today for 1.7, I think. So, you know, that's probably a lot, like a missed opportunity of about $3,000, So yeah, but like we're, But like we're saying, still still made 0.3. So we like to right. do that, right? We, still, we like to do uh, we like to do eyes backward here with Dole's, but you know, he still, he still made some money. So yeah, so yeah. the eyes backwards, typically I, I take losses to make more losses, but you know, this one was half happy. I made 0.5. You know, I immediately invested it into uh, three skim milks from Team Rebel Ape Club. You know, I paid 0.27 for this. I ended up getting out, like, I probably lost money on it, to be honest. So selling the Founders Pass just to go mint Teen Rebel Ape Club, not have a plan, <laughs> not not good price. All right. And then the last thing, we also wanted to start doing a little tip or something each episode, which we uh, we did a little earlier too. But I think for today, just quickly, the tip is never share, never share your seed phrase. Never share your seed phrase. So when you open a wallet, I would get your digital wallet, you get the seed phrase we talked about. Put it somewhere safe. Don't leave it on your computer. Don't take a screenshot of it. Don't, you know, write it down and don't lose it and, and never share it with anyone, uh, no matter what any random DMs you might get on Discord or Twitter or anything. And we'll have more more tips as we go each episode, but that's that's what we wanted to do for our first one as we were talking about NFT 101. So I think that's it for, for this episode. Thanks for listening to episode three. Zoe, Dulls, anything before we leave? Hope you learned something. Hey, Liquid, stay sharp. Don't get wrecked. It's a fun game to play. Eyes uh, forward. Eyes forward. Eyes forward. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll be uh, back with you soon. Shit, guys. I think there was an issue at the Fishy fishy Fam contract. Oh my god, this is a great live segment right now. Sixty-seven, sixty-nine minted already. You were only supposed to be able to mint three. Yeah, it was three. And and someone was saying, I mean, those who minted a bunch will definitely list and dump floor. Public sale going to be pissed. User two two three, where you at? Minted three hundred. Oh. Yeah, definitely there was a there was an exploit.